This podcast is a part of the Maisie Media Network, a community of podcasts for women by women. What's up, loves? Welcome to Destination Healer podcast, where we obsess over giving women the tools that they need to choose happiness and create more joyful moments. I am your host, best-selling author and lifestyle blogger, Ty Alexander, and I am basically, I'm basically your new wellness hype girl. So welcome to the party. <laughs> I know, it's so corny. Anyway, before we take a deep dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you've enjoyed the podcast so far. You can also head over to our website, destinationhill.com to explore our spiritual toolbox, which is filled with lots of gems that I have curated to help you cultivate those much needed life-shifting healing experiences. So this episode is somewhat fresh for me because I'm actually dealing with a little bit of conflict in a few of my relationships right now, which don't get me wrong, I am a firm believer that conflict is normal as it relates to humans who have to interact with other humans. But I'm currently honoring the space in my life where I'm actively reminding myself that I that I deserve grace, that I deserve love, and I deserve loyalty, all while I give the same to my other relationships, which, child, <laughs> it is beyond a balancing act. And Over the past few months, I've really learned that people just have no freaking clue on how to handle and or resolve conflict. I am also here to tell you (laughs) that I am people. (laughs) I am guilty. I am people. So as I unpack my own crap, I kind of dissected this whole conflict slash ghosting conversation that we've been having on the Internet. It really does translate to one ideal question for me. And that is, what do I do when someone doesn't do what I want them to do? Ooh, child, let me say it again. What do I do? What do I do when someone doesn't do what I want them to do? And that really means in both their actions physically and their responses verbally. So I'm gonna try to give you a few stories without really like telling you a story. Like, no names, no real specifics, because I don't want y'all to get me in trouble with my friends. <laughs> so I'm going to give you some overarching examples. But basically, I have a few friends who I've definitely kind of ghosted on already that are um, combative. I think that's pretty much the best word that I can use here for this example. And by combative, I mean, child, they always want to b- debate a thing right? Everything is a debate, like anything. And then in said debate, they're going to talk their point till it's code red dead and you agree with them. And then they'll also play devil's advocate to every and anything you say in any conversation as if the devil needed any help. And so now I find myself having like legitimate emotional contractions whenever I'm in their presence because Their energy is filled with this aggressive position of annoyance or irritation or hurt or misery. And then I feel powerless. So I shut down. I ghost. And I know that's bad. I know it's wrong. But I did say I am people. (laughs) 
Far too often when we discuss conflict and how to resolve it, we think of these instances that are these kind of knockout, drag me down to the ground kind of situations. But in most cases, conflict really is just the aftermath of an unaddressed friction in any relationship, which is usually caused by a breakdown in communication. And in the 2019 version of communication, ghosting has really become an acceptable way to communicate when really the cut and dry of this is we are not being adults. We are avoiding conflict. Oh, also, let me let me backtrack for a second and say in any conflict, the responsibility owned is 50 50. You should never go into trying to to you, you should never go into trying to solve conflict, not owning half of it. So with that, I own my part, which is the shutdown, the ghosting, the adjusting of the schedule, the disengagement, all of that. I own it. I did it. I created some of that friction when the communication or the interaction that didn't fit into my ideal box got kind of blurry. And so Ghosting really has become this practical response to a perceived problem, but it, 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 it ain't it. It ain't hitting. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. So our goal with any conflict really should be to keep it from turning into trauma. Typically, as humans, we only like to deal with the pretty stuff, right? Like those things that are light and airy and kind of free of the hard stuff. And when things come up that are heavy and require some lifting or or unpacking, we shy away from them. But what no one tells you is that this way of kind of this this way of protective thinking really will have you end up only building very peripheral relationships. And so those relationships will only be filled with this kind of surface level bonding that really only fill you up for the moment. They're not sustainable. Not true friendships at all. And listen, I love the internet just like you, but all those memes y'all be sharing are really tricking you into believing that you should dismiss and shove to decide anything that doesn't serve you. Like, that's not ideal. You know, the men, the friends, family, jobs, if it don't serve, you leave it behind. Girl, there is really more work to be done in your life besides letting the trash out. You must deal. Deal or be dealt a life of me, myself, and I at 52. And you have to remember that when you engage with humans, conflict is inevitable, period. So my answer to ghosting will always be, we have to learn how to be better communicators. And the hard part about learning to communicate better is that it's a process. And it's a process that we must relearn over and over and over again. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morf. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. 
I'm Dr. Megan Sachs. And I'm Dr. Amy Sloshberg. And we're the host of the podcast Campus Killings. Our show covers some of the most sinister crimes to take place on or around school campuses. Or the cases we discuss have a school-connected theme. And with the new school year comes an all-new second season of Campus Killings, which will debut on September 16th, 2023. But if you want to listen to Campus Killings now, you can binge all the episodes from season one. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts. And... As long as your life keeps, I don't know, as long as your life keeps lifing <laughs> and you have to carry your own circumstances and trauma wherever you go, you will always have to be reminded on how to be a good communicator. I would actually argue that it's relearned each and every time conflict arrives in your life. I think that we get better at it. We get better at communicating. We, 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 we get better through practice. But it's something that we have to consciously relearn over and over again. So here are a few things that you and and actually I won't say you. Here are a few things that you and I, because I did say I am people. Here are a few things that you and I should probably start practicing. And we can call this kind of our cheat sheet of communication of sorts. So number one, one of our biggest problems when communicating is that we are listening to respond rather than just actively listening to understand. Active listening really is the basis of all communication. If you aren't paying attention to what others are saying, then there is no way, absolutely no way, that you are able to respond effectively. So this also means no interrupting. This is my weakness, I swear. My thoughts get cloudy and and I want to get them out and I got to get them out now, but If I'm honest with you, I'm not listening. And what I've learned is when I am not actively listening, I tend to interrupt a lot. Interruption can make people feel frustrated because you are likely to just be hijacking the flow of the conversation every two seconds and it's going to make them feel unheard. You can't really get to their central point when you are listening to respond. If you're just listening to respond Also, your response will solely be based in the defense rather than facilitating a constructive and kind of forward moving conversation. This alone can create conflict, obviously. So number two, when you are communicating with people, try to remember. (laughs) I know it's a hard concept, but really try to remember people are human and we all have feelings. So try and treat them as such rather than introduce criticism to them or insult them. I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when people text me a response using sarcasm and then they put LOL behind it. No heifer, that was shade or criticism. It, and, and it also was unnecessary because putting LOL at the end of your text messages doesn't make a thing funny. So allow people to express themselves even when you don't agree with them. Truly try and understand how they are feeling and what they're trying to truly express to you. Because being empathetic doesn't mean that you agree with them. It just shows that you care about them. And it shows that you want to understand them and you want to help them feel better. Number three, debate. Girl, debate is the death of any conversation. Before you respond, even in like a general friendly conversation. Try and gain clarity while you are actively listening. 
A lot of times when I'm having a conversation with other people, I try to repeat some of their points mentally just so I make sure I can understand their positioning. There is this concept that all of our communication is either to persuade people or to enable or encourage people. We are either explaining how to do something or why that something is so important. So once you are clear on what type of communication you are engaging in, then you can determine how to respond. I mean, think about like what happens when we are upset or stressed and we're trying to have a conversation. It's hard. Most of our struggles with articulation is because we're feeling something in the moment. So keep this in mind when people are communicating with folks and then try to make a conscious effort to listen to understand what they're saying. This isn't a school debate. You're not going to win a point or a prize for being right or being first. This isn't about having the last say. It's about having an adult conversation where you are working together as a team to be heard and understood. So instead of saying things like, well, that don't make no sense, really. Help them get their point across in a more productive way with things like, so I think what you're trying to say is that you feel X because of Y. And doing this will show them that you really want to understand, even if you disagree. So my last gem, number four, is manage your expectations. (laughs) Manage your expectations of how other people communicate. When someone has spent all of their lives communicating a certain way, it is highly unlikely that they will become willing and empathetic listeners overnight. It takes practice. And beyond practice, they have to be willing to do the work. They have to be willing to practice. And so if you find yourself going into a conversation with someone who is a certified defensive listener, this is me all the time, and you go into these conversations with the expectations that they will listen to you, you will no doubt be left feeling disappointed and hurt. So be aware of your own expectations and then set the necessary boundaries and then actively manage them. Doesn't necessarily mean that the person is trash or you should never engage with them, but it might mean that an honest, transparent conversation about how they listen makes you feel. Then you set those boundaries and then, and only then, if those boundaries are habitually broken, the trash should be removed from your life. (laughs) And if you don't remember anything else, remember to be secure in who you are. This can resolve a whole heap of issues when someone criticizes you because instead of jumping to conclusions, you can talk calmly to them without feeling like you have to defend yourself every single minute. I really hope that you enjoyed and loved this episode. If you did, please do me a favor and submit your review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you are listening to me today. Also, I kind of think you like me. Like, I think we might be homegirls or something. So (laughs) go ahead and subscribe to my podcast so that way you can be the first to get new episodes each and every Sunday. And I want to encourage you to share this episode on IG stories, Twitter, Facebook. Just do your girl a favor and share it so we can keep the conversation going. And when you do share it, make sure you tag me. I am at love Ty Alexander and at destination heal. And again, lastly, Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, toodles.
is a part of the Maisie Media Network, a community of podcasts for women by women.